And now, this week's edition of Big Face with your host, Samantha Jane Tilton. Hey guys, it is Sammy Jane and coming to you, not live, but it seems like live because this show is coming out tomorrow. Um, I wanted to give you guys a heads up that this week again, we are going to be hearing an episode that was recorded before the COVID pandemic. So my guest today is going to be Ava Eisenson. She is an actor, a content creator, and an activist, and frankly, a wonderful human being. And um, so that's you're going to be hearing, but uh, make no mistake, this was months ago before we've all been in this um, situation we've been in. So keep that in mind. One thing we do talk about is uh, it's something called second body, and you'll hear Ava talk about it, but it's this unbelievable uh program that she was a part of and it was a live thing and you'll hear about it in the episode but it's fantastic so um you'll hear the info for that but the website will be listed with this episode but yeah since live things are not going on I'm assuming that that's not happening at the moment but hopefully god willing when things go back to reality then Ava will be doing that again because it sounded amazing and I couldn't wait to do it so guys enjoy I know I did, um, even listening to it back this many months later, it just reminded me of exactly the kind of stuff that I want to, I want to hear. So enjoy guys. Hey, oh, everybody. Welcome to Big Face once again with Samantha Jane Tilton, aka Sammy Jane. And let's welcome my very fine guest, Ava Eisenson. Hi. I just want the crowd to go (sighs) right now. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. My pleasure. So Ava is an actor and she's an activist. She's the loveliest and she's also her own content creator, which we will dive into as well. Um, You've seen her. She's gorgeous and you see her face and you'd love it. And she's been in Hunters, FBI and the feature Milkwater. Love this. All true. All true. <laughs> so well, far, it's true. As well as many other things. When I was looking you up, I was like, all right, she said these, but damn. <laughs> That's very nice of you. You got some stuff up there. <laughs> thank you. So thank you for joining me. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. She's a doll. I wish you could meet her right now. <laughs> you could probably tell from her, but look at the laugh. <laughs> wow, just really talking me up. It's only downhill from here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're like Brian now. <laughs> yeah, similar. So tell me, when... So Ava's an actor. Is that your first and foremost? Is that like, yeah. that's your dream? Yeah, I. that's the North Star. When did you know? Really young. Really, yeah. really young. Yeah, I, I, the thing I've always not known that I've wondered about is why. Like, why did I know so young yeah. that I wanted to be an actor? And I think when I was really little, it was – you know, you see actors or you hear about it and it sounds like fun and cool. And um, I was in a play when I was really young, like a school play. Um, And there was a a community theater, a traveling theater that like came through our town called Missoula Children's Theater. Lovely. And I got cast as a chicken. (laughs) I was like a little farm animal. I don't even remember what the play was, but I was beside myself. I was so excited. And you had to audition. And like auditioning, it was hard. It was so hardcore. And in my second grade play, I got cast 
I got double cast as a snowman and a present, which was big because some people only got one part, but I got two parts. In elementary, that's huge. It was huge. It was so huge. It was so huge. And I, I think that I... I actually don't know if it was like those things that triggered the desire or the desire was already there and those things were affirming. What came first, the chicken or the egg? Oh, so good. <laughs> the snowman or the egg. <laughs> the snowman or the chicken, really. Exactly. Um, but I, I, or I sort of knew, but it was something that I think I felt, I still do in some ways, but I felt really precious about it. So I think for a long time, I was I didn't know how to kind of engage with that part yeah. of myself and we didn't have a lot of theater in my high school um there was some community theater but I wasn't really doing that I was like a really really focused student so I was you know Were you a good student I was such a good student I can <laughs> totally see that <laughs> yeah and that, while we are while we are very similar in a lot of ways that is one area we are we're not, not similar <laughs> I was not no, a good student I was like staying up studying like eyes dotted t's crossed I you, have, you know you have a standard for yourself I, oh my oh, god I, I was it. kind of it was it was like obsessive in a certain way like I, I was that. really intense about it in a way where my parents were sort of like I mean I think it's fine <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm not even sure if that's right <laughs> no I was a huge nerd and mm. so I think it was a, like a weird kind of split where I wanted to be an actor but I also was like getting 100 on a math test is a really yep. big deal um, and I still sort of like have that divide in myself in certain ways where I I think I'm um, oriented towards doing well at tasks and being really good at things mm -hmm. which I think can run counter to being creative um, so yeah. yeah I still that kind of perfectionist thing that oof. is like the death to artistic selves I think totally I, I agree with that a hundred percent it's very hard to balance that it's really hard to balance that especially too I think in a industry where we tend to see things that are the product right so already it looks better than something the result than the yes, result exactly and our industry is I think especially for women but not exclusively for women mm -hmm. is geared towards what we've culturally decided are the perfect beings or the perfect look or the perfect body or the yep. perfect way of speaking yep. or whatever the standards are so I think the industry advocates for professionalism in a certain mm -hmm. way but artistry advocates for creativity yes. and so that's a that's a great way to put that yes well you brought it out of me <laughs> it's happening live <laughs> coming to you live that's right that's right it's true though yeah and it's, it's interesting because we've been coming a little, I feel like we've been coming a little bit of ways. So a lot of people, did you ever watch Broad City? I watched, I did watch it. I didn't watch all of it. Okay. So I may not know what you're referencing. No, but what did you feel about it? I loved it. I, I was so excited to see content that wasn't about women just trying to get men, you yep. know. But I also... Well, I don't know what you're going to say about it, but Glenn, I please. they I was always sort of like, they're so much cooler than I am, oh, that I was like mesmerized by their humor and spirit and um, creativity, but I didn't personally, I like deeply identify with oh, it, because yeah. I was like, oh, this is just like way cooler than I am, but I also didn't watch enough. Like anytime I watched it, I was like, I should watch more of this, <laughs> but then I think I was always like... Maybe it's too cool for me. I don't know. It's, it's really interesting because the thing, yeah. So A, it can make me or it had at times 
when things like that become popular, it makes me like, why can't I do anything? Like why, like mm. they make that happen. How come I can't make things happen? Or mm. why, why don't I take that leap to do that? Mm-hmm. But I also love that like I grew up like with this ideal leading lady, like leading lady and people telling me you, you'll be the funny friend. Mm. And then coming into a time where those were two leading ladies in a show and it showed me that it's bullshit like this whole leading lady thing Mm. that I think that it is not perfect in this industry at all, but I think that that for me gave me hope that there's a shift and I can maybe be my own kind of leading lady. Not that I'm like them, but they are totally different kinds of leading ladies, but they led that show. So hard. They they led it so hard. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do feel really hopeful for that and I feel really grateful to the ladies that have come before yeah because I think that our definition of of what a leading lady can be like and look like and what stories they can yeah. tell are changing because I think for a long time the sort of idea was that if you're not desirable to a man mm-hmm. which is a very narrow um lane mm-hmm. then there's there's no story to tell there's nothing to lead and I right. think it's so exciting to and and I think we are we are seeing changes. There's a lot further to go. But yeah, to, to say like there are so many women's stories, yeah. and they all deserve a spotlight. Yeah, and you don't just have to like need a man's help to be a leading lady. Yeah. you know it's it's so interesting because you said something to me um, when I told you that I was going to be doing this, and you said, and I talked about the fear of you know going out on my own and like not on my own because look I have you and supporting me and stuff but like doing something totally and that it's scary and because all those voices from society I don't look like the when I I'm not going to get sent in for crest because I am Jewish and Italian and I don't look like a you know whatever really nice to you thank you (laughs) thank you so do you do you have braces oh my god my teeth are great you have like perfect teeth you have gorgeous teeth. I'm so self-conscious oh. about them. Stop. For real? You could do a Crest commercial. No. If one of us was going to do a Crest commercial. <laughs> you have a perfect smile. You have like a perfect. That's Please lovely. continue with your point. I, but I, I disagree with you. And Okay. <laughs> so and, far. And, and <laughs> I love this. But we can see in each other what we can't see in ourselves. Because For sure. See, it's amazing that you just said you're insecure about your teeth. Like your teeth oh are lovely God. to me and they're so Perfect for you. Like, oh my God, I don't even want you to keep looking okay, at me. Okay, I'm, I'm done. Away. Okay, Look I'm away. done. I don't see this. Is, I, God, we are so hard on ourselves. Oh my God. But I don't look like a crest person that's going to be in a commercial. And so there's all these things where I don't know where I fit. Mm-hmm. Like these leading lady kinds of things, right? Yeah. But you said to me when I said I was going to start this podcast with all the trepidation and all the fear and you were like, I don't even know if you know what you said, but you said like, what does it mean to you to like, carve out a space for yourself Mm. in the universe like what is that why do you feel that's so hard for you and so I'll just throw that back at you how do you feel about you doing this pursuing acting and do you ever struggle with that finding your space or knowing trusting where you fit girl yes well, I'm glad that I said something that was good and helped you. Because I told my therapist. Hell yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, she's right. Hell yeah. What does that mean? Because sometimes, you know, when someone's like, you told me this thing, I like 
hold my breath and I'm like oh god what, <laughs> what did, did I, I say, say? yeah <laughs> so too. I feel very relieved although I don't know that you would like take a podcast as an opportunity to like uh let me know that my words did not help you <laughs> that would be an awkward can I just let you know how much you suck right yeah, now <laughs> just want you to know that that did not help me and I'm actually have you here to unpack it <laughs> I would be right I would I would be down but yeah I mean to answer your question like I I think I'm still figuring out what that means and where I fit and I I do work in a job where you go into rooms and you say things and you do things and then people decide whether you fit into that world or mm-hmm. you don't. 100%. Um, and I think I'm over time trying to get more and more comfortable and knowledgeable about how I match with something. So just having like a little less noise around what I think it should be or what I think they're looking for or a lot of focus around the things that I think I don't have and feeling just having a shorter trip to landing Mm. where I think I match and what I think I can offer is one way that I feel like I can kind of carve space instead of feeling like I have to go through so much bullshit to get to that place like I think those voices will probably be present for a long time but to be able to just shorten that and be like I I don't have to convince myself every single time that there's something worthwhile yep Brian and I spoke about that when I interviewed him so Brian is uh Ava's boyfriend and partner which uh you'll have learned from Brian's podcast (laughs) as well surprise (laughs) hey we're all friends (laughs) very incestuous yeah always but we spoke about that about that um trying to let go of what we think it's supposed to look like what we think they want yeah and just kind of allowing us to get there and just be yeah as us yeah totally and and I think that it is that is a incredibly worthwhile and important endeavor and I think it is complicated because in our industry part of your job is to sort of be like how can I match this world how can I interpret this character in a way that is astute and accurate with the the script or whatever I've whatever I've been offered Mm -hmm. so I find it to be a great challenge and a hard challenge to to do both things hand in hand but not to let one of them be more important right like it's not helpful for me to walk in a room and be like I just felt like I would do it in a British accent and you're like well that is that is insane like now that's insane you know that is not even remotely right like you're not even so it like does have to be a balance of like I've done my homework and I'm 100% engaged in the right conversation but this is my go at it you know because I think sometimes there's rhetoric around like make bold choices like do you and yes. like that's true and I agree with that but also like know the like read the room right you know? <laughs> like you can't read the room yes if you want to do your own circus then you gotta get a tent yeah like, you can't <laughs> I love that <laughs> that one just that <laughs> did, did that just come up like that just came that just came okay we have to like coin that <laughs> <laughs> we can make t-shirts Let's make t-shirts. That is, okay, new business idea. Don't steal it, you listener motherfuckers. 
<laughs> that's amazing. Well, we had fun. Yeah, that's, seriously, whether you guys like it or not, we're good. We had fun. <laughs> we had t-shirts. Seriously, we got t-shirts. So yeah, no, but I, 100%, finding that, like, knowing the industry, knowing how things work, what what the script you're looking at, and, and not, my old acting teacher used to say, not adding fiction to fiction. So like, Oh, that's not, so good. Right? Uh, maybe we should just put that on the right. t-shirt. That's really <laughs> no, good. No, 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 circus one's better. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> But it's true. It's like looking at a script and and not going like, oh, I'm going to oh yes and and then they were they must have been this before and blah, 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 and like yes. adding all of this stuff. But like being present with, I think there's something to be said about the instinct that you get yes from immediately reading a script yes. But I think that can happen too, where you are so in your mo- your your own head about it, you land in this place and then it can be so far. You bring that mm-hmm. in the room yeah. and it's sort of like where did this <laughs> because in your own mind you've gone from a to z but right. then you just present z and they haven't seen all of the other letters you're like this is i see what has happened i, <laughs> I feel that way Hindsight. getting dressed a lot where like i've gone through so many options and changes and things and i feel so grateful to have a very honest partner and also <laughs> like a, yeah he has such a good eye that sometimes I'll like present a Z option we'll be going somewhere yeah. or I'll be getting ready for an audition or whatever and I'm like what do you think and he's, you can just see on his face you're like oh this is a Z and then I talk him through it and he's still like I think in like a really gentle and loving way and in a way that I asked yeah like I know that plenty of people don't want comments about their right attire which I think is totally acceptable but I'm like I really could use the yeah. help <laughs> so good but you're open to like yeah it's totally. one thing if you don't ask and somebody gives advice then it's yes. like nobody asked you totally but I'm you're tr- open. yes I'm I'm open and I I am I feel like I'm learning about that too in in our modern world mm-hmm. and I feel like the people who are younger than me are grew up in a culture where it was sort of like these like you should ask before you talk about these things yeah. and I I feel like I want to be even more conscious about that of being like this just because you're wearing this or just because you're presenting in this way like those are not things that I inherently have access to talk about like I should learn whether those things are comfortable for you or not comfortable for you and um I think that we all like and myself included take a lot of license in being like this is mine to comment on right right and I don't know because I don't know what feels good to I know to people or doesn't feel good to people. It's instinctual, I think, to to respond. I mean, it's just it's dialogue, right, with yeah. another human being. I, I don't think I'm perfect at it at all, but I think I try and go. I listen, and then I go. Do you want me to comment? Like, right. do you want me to listen? Do you want yes. feedback? Like, yes. Because yes. I could just listen. Yes. And I'm good with that. Yes. That is a big learning curve to it's be a like, learning what would feel curve. good for you in this conversation? Because <laughs> right. yeah. I think we both are big face, big mouth. <laughs> and like, <laughs> yes. I think that there are a lot of opportunities for me to sort of uh, take stock and be like, maybe I'm doing this conversation wrong. <laughs> maybe there's a better way for me to do it. I'll just pause. Yeah. That's- Pausing is big. It's so big. Take a breath. (laughs) So much of my life is like learning to pause. Yeah. A lot happens in that pause. How's it going? Like, are you doing anything that you feel like is working? um, Do you have any tips? It gives everything a chance to reset. Yeah. So like when I put my foot in my mouth, regroup for a sec. Yeah. Can I recover from this? Yes. Or just 
the pause just there's a lot that happens like if I don't just react yes I said this to somebody recently like sometimes if I'm talking 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 just stop me and (laughs) make me check in with what I'm actually feeling Mm. because I can talk and it can be coherent and it can be possibly even intelligent at times Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean I'm connected and, and for acting talking 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 is not serving being connected to whatever the feeling is yeah do you okay so i have to ask more so all right chicken and a snowman (laughs) big times for ava when she was little this is where it all started or maybe not big times. or maybe you were born with the gene we don't know we don't know we don't know but it was sparked and so what happened from then did you you said like there was you know something came to town theater right yeah so yeah I was that chicken I feel like I did a great job (laughs) I'm sure you did really loved it is there a video of this because I would love to see it oh god that's a good question you know my dad just um spent a lot of time figuring out how to get all the old VHSs digitized yes my dad did that as well really yeah have you watched it all we just we just my brother and I just went to uh, an old friend who grew up on our block um to their 40th birthday party Whoa. and we made her a dvd of like a bunch of the stuff that her and her siblings were oh in growing God. up what a gift that was one of the gifts that we gave that's incredible because my dad took everything and he's already digitized them. yes i mean he has Huge. like a lot of super boring footage of nothing of just oh, yeah. like things where you're like well, what and the quality is just terrible just it's so like... bad just <laughs> so bad we thought it was state-of-the-art oh then. my <laughs> God, it's like watching GoPro footage of nothing. You're like, why is there so much shaking? This is just like, this, what is happening? Is that a person or an animal? Yes, I mean, it's very what, blurry. It's so dark and blurry. But I and the wonder- date won't get off the oh screen. Oh my God, it's so crazy. But it's yeah. also incredible. And it's been, I haven't watched all of it. Um, but maybe it's in there. I have no idea. I have no It'd idea. It would be cool to see if you It'd had it. It would be so cool to see. It was a very um, wonderful and surprisingly unnerving experience watching it, though, because I felt like I, a little bit I was in a sci-fi movie where they were like, your memory's been erased, and like, here are your memories. Oof. And you're like, watch. Because there's things that I don't. don't rem- I know. Yeah, like I was a baby yeah. or really young. And my parents live in the house where I grew up. They and still so do. They still do. They mm. had moved and then they moved back. Yeah. And, but there are, I I was in that home when I watched the footage. And so there were uh. things that I saw that went on in that house that I don't remember. And it was very freaky and cool and weird. And also just like seeing my parents as parents when they're that young. Because yep. I only know them as parents who are have been doing it a long time but right. to see them as parents who have not been doing it a long time <laughs> is so weird so weird. it's so weird so anyway I don't know if we have footage of it maybe we do I should probably watch that footage and I, find out yes but then it was like sort of on a I guess kind of a back not a yeah maybe a back burner but I was like doing school and I knew um that I wanted to go to college for acting. And um, I had auditioned for like a summer theater program, Mm. which I got into, which was in between my junior year and senior year of high school. And that was very informative and um, sort of 
set the tone I think for what I wanted and what I was interested in it was a very like roll on the ground and talk about your feelings and build a community and like be with other artists and do theater all the time and like (laughs) I was like oh yeah this is I think this is what I'm about (laughs) I'm in I'm so in and I, I think I was really lucky because I think some kids who did the program were like, oh, no, no, <laughs> this is it. And so I think it's like a, a good um, litmus test for – Absolutely. For, so when I was like looking at schools, I was sort of like, I think I'm looking for the rolling on the ground. That's, like, <laughs> that's what I think I'm looking for. But rolling I, on the ground. I'm yeah, in. I had very little experience and I had done very little. So um, I applied to – BFA programs and I applied to BA programs and I ended up getting into some of the BFA programs so I went um yeah I've been hustling ever since but the program that I went to where'd you go I went to Boston University I went to the um College of Fine Arts there and they were interested in like training you as a by the way so if you hear (laughs) yeah so we'll just let everybody know and I should tell you this if you hear that fluty noise in the background it is a very windy day here in New York City, and that is the wind coming through the air conditioner, I believe. Oh, wow. I truly thought somebody was practicing an instrument. <laughs> <laughs> that is not. That's the wind. That is the wind. I was like, someone definitely plays saxophone and lives below you. <laughs> it's like, oh. Like. It's, wow. Yeah, so if you hear that, enjoy the music that I the really wind is. I really hope you hear it, because it's beautiful. <laughs> really mastered it great day for the win <laughs> great day they for the win bringing it in yes <laughs> singing <laughs> way to go wind so now you know yeah now now we know okay. now we're not shocked we know what's happening we know what's it's happening. not a ghost it's not a saxophone player <laughs> um so good. okay so yeah so when I was in school I was in a I was in the acting program but the acting program splits into like theater arts and to acting and mm. I was torn didn't know what I wanted to do that's something was, I wondered about oh, theater for you. Or so go yeah. ahead, tell me. So it was it was suggested to me by a bunch of professors that I was a theater arts person. They were like, "We think you have other skills. Like you should cultivate those." And I was kind of like, "I'm so young. I don't know what to do. I'm yeah. so terrified. This is the rest of my life." But I ended up identifying with that. And um, earlier in the program, there was a cut system where they would like cut you, or they would they would put you in the theater arts program and it was sort of a demotion. But oh, wow. by the time I got there, it was more of a conversation and choice. Um, but it was, it still had some of that like old flavor left over, yes. I think. So I was like worried that it felt like I wasn't being taken seriously as an actor. But I was, I was interested in directing and I, so when I first came to the city coming out of that program, I was sort of like. To New York. To New York. Yes. Yeah. 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 So so I've I've said this in other, other episodes. So this is a New York City based podcast. So uh, we're talking about the biz, you know, um, film, television. Here we're talking about some theater as well, but uh, you know, with all different people doing it in New York City. So we're trying to get this word out to help any actors or anybody to understand all aspects of this business. What Absolutely. It's like. So Ava lives here. Ava's doing it. I'm here. I'm Go in ahead. New York. But I sh- that's Tell a good more. point to not be so New York City centric where I'm like the city. No. It's like that is but you grew there up in New York. a lot of cities. <laughs> but I grew up, I grew up in Long Island yeah. and it was like the city. Yeah. So whenever people say Manhattan, I'm like, Psh. The city. You're not a real New Yorker. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And as you know, I grew up upstate. Right. So it was the same thing when people were referencing the city. They were referencing this New York City. Yeah, because people, I don't care where you're from. This is the city. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm you not that it. obnoxious. You <laughs> you're going to give us a bad name. I know, right? That's so New Yorkerness. 
Yeah. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> so go ahead. So yes. Yeah, so. Okay. So when I was first in New York City, I was doing some directing and I was doing some assisting and kind of like figuring out, figuring it out. I'm still figuring it yeah. out. Um, but it, yeah. yeah, it took me a little while to kind of recognize that I really did want to focus on being an actor more than I wanted to focus on any of the other things. Okay. But I do feel like the skills I kind of cultivated of collaboration and looking at things objectively and how to put a story together and scenes, like all of those things have helped me in a variety of ways. I feel like they all feed in for me. Yeah, yeah. Doing, you know, being a casting director and being an actor, which is partly why I'm making this podcast because it's a different point of view. Yes. Having worked in film, television, and commercial, and also auditioning, and then also behind the scenes, you yeah. see so much. And I, being friends with actors and cast, like casting directors and all these people, there's so much that goes into it. And like, it's fascinating. Yeah. And so I think the more well rounded that any, for, this is what I see, the more well rounded that any actor or any artist in this field can be practicing all things that come your way if someone's like oh can you do you know how to be a script supervisor and figuring that out or you know like figuring it all out you just learn more of like the matrix yeah how it all works yeah I do think it's a very special perspective that you have though because I think there are a lot of hyphenated artists that are like you know actor director writer or actor producer or whatever actor singer whatever their titles are multiple hats multiple hats but but I think that there are fewer actor casting director yeah maybe you know more than I do but I know a few but it's rare I think that that duality and I mean there's actors that have been behind the table on the other side yeah but that particular perspective I think is really valuable Thank you. Yeah. And I, I think, I think, and I'll say this and not as a pat on my back, I think it is. And that's part of why I started this because I, you know this, I love actors. I love our people. People, you listening, I love our people. And like, I always want to be helping us. And from what I've learned and now like teaching classes and coaching, I love paying that forward mm. and showing people the other side because mm-hmm. it is only useful. It is, I, I'm so grateful for a long time, casting took me away from acting, but I'm so grateful for it because I learned, and I love casting, but I learned so much about the acting piece. Yeah. And like, so, yeah. Can I ask you a question? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do what do you feel like y- your time in the casting world, if it's informed your acting in a most important way, is there... A most important thing that's a good it's a really good question um thank you welcome to my podcast <laughs> <laughs> I'm here thank you for having me Ava eyes oh, yeah you're welcome you're welcome <laughs> we're so happy to have you thank you thank you that's a really good question I think kind of what we touched on earlier um to really and this is so hard and so layered but to really own being me Mm. and trusting going in there that if I'm present doing it as me that's going to 
be it. Right. And and you feel like that has was like corroborated by your time in casting where you feel yes. like you were seeing so many people come in and people who are bringing themselves to the table were either interesting or booking or getting callbacks. Well, that's it. So here's like when I'm casting. Yeah. And I see I see so many people and I get it because you want to do it right. Yeah. You want to book it. And yeah. and I was speaking about this earlier with somebody like that the, because the stakes are so high and yep. we love it so much and we want it and we want to do it so we go in and we just want it so bad that there's this way of just not being able to be mm, so mm-hmm. so there's this way of just doing it almost like a zombie like how it's supposed to be like this this perfect square yeah that it's supposed to fit into and I think that that is the death of a great audition the death of doing well mm-hmm. because Yes, like we spoke about earlier, it is important to to know what you're doing. Is this is this comedy? Is it drama? Is yeah, it, yeah. You know, yeah. is it you know, is it legit or theater? Like, yep. You know, you go. Yep. Knowing the the premise, but then having done your work, knowing studying how to act or learning whatever you need to learn, and then doing that, yeah. like bringing that to the material, because nobody can bring life to that material the way that you can and so when people come in and they do it it's great great reading great but that's not what pops on camera yeah that's not what's interesting what's interesting is even when somebody doesn't do it right I've seen people get callbacks where the director will be like that is not what I'm looking for but that was something interesting Mm -hmm. there's something interesting happening and I've seen people get callbacks with something interesting happening that they just wanted to see more. Yeah. Even though it wasn't right. Mm-hmm. So like, I think that that for me, seeing that over and over again, seeing the nerves get the best of people and these auditions falling flat yeah. and not affecting or or making anybody feel anything. Yeah. I've seen when people don't give a shit. Yep. Which is... I try and say, like, my biggest goal is to, like, not give a shit. Yeah. And you know what I mean. Of that, course. That doesn't mean not to do well. Yeah. Because I always want to do well, but not to give a shit, to trust that I'll do it well if I just do it the way I feel it's true. Yes, it. yes. I, I feel like what you're saying in some ways is that you are, in your own work and the work that you watch, you want people to be able to prioritize the content and not prioritize the audition and I think it's so common because the stakes are so high to be auditioning instead of be doing the material and it's so hard to let go of that or change that it's so hard but it's inspiring to hear that you really do feel like over and over and over again you can see the difference and see what it looks like and feels like and sounds like when somebody transcends that duality and is able to kind of like exist in both circumstances while focusing on the content and being able to be like I'm just here doing my version of these words or this commercial copy or whatever it is exactly like because it doesn't matter these people that you're auditioning for it doesn't matter what matters is just being truthful yeah doing it truthfully and you know it's um yeah it's so I mean it's so simple and we but like the the it's also I think what we came here for is like we all came not everyone but I think a lot of people came to 
find truth, to reflect back what we see, yep. to tell stories, to connect, to create content that reaches out to people and touches them. Yeah. And all of those things require profound honesty, require truth, require vulnerability. And it's so easy to button that up because in an audition setting, you're yep. like, the last thing I want to do is expose myself or whatever. Yep. Which is amazing because as actors, that is our job. Yeah. Is to be vulnerable. Yep. And to be at the mercy of the life that we are portraying. Yep. Breathing life into, right? Yep. Yep. But the the, the paradox of that is that as an actor, I hate feeling. Like I like <laughs> like like I hate I feel very deeply. I don't I, Yes. I, I think that you were yes. similar. Yes. And it hurts. So you know, but there's something fun when it's through acting, even when feelings hurt. I try and remember that this is fun. Mm -hmm. This is, you know what I mean? That's what I totally, totally. It's hard. It can be, I, I find that it can be really hard to like connect back to that pureness the yeah. sense of play the sense of wonder the sense of curiosity listening Listen. like it's basic basic things, things. <laughs> yeah it can it can feel counterintuitive because sort of biologically it is like we're hardwired to not do those things in high stakes circumstances right, right. so it's it feels like it's an constant lifetime of rewiring to be like it is okay and it is safe and it is worth right. it to take these risks and and that's what it is it's 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 taking risks yeah because I don't know if it feels like this for you for me being vulnerable is so scary yeah it's so scary and then it brings up all the actor voices in my head of like they're not gonna like me they're gonna think oh now yeah. they're really gonna see who I am yeah and I think it gets harder and harder because sometimes those things are true like sometimes you're really vulnerable or you 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 feel really prepared and you feel like you did a great job and they don't it doesn't connect it doesn't line up you don't get the thing and and I think that's what I, for me that's what I have come to think people mean when they say like rejection is hard is that it's it's not getting the job is really really hard but the um, but withstanding the emotional mm. risk that you take over and over and over again got the chills yeah it is so tough because it's it's like if you have somebody in your life a romantic person a friend saying, yeah. a family member and you tell them your truth yeah. over and over again and they can't hear you or they can't see you and it doesn't cut through it becomes exhausting and terrifying oh, to keep 100%. exposing yourself yes, in that it's way like, it's, it's almost like a self-torture totally yeah totally it's like mass it's like yeah 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 you know what you know what's interesting though is that um i was in andy roth's uh vo class mm -hmm. the other night and uh he said he said something that people always say that uh, that this business is a business of rejection. Mm -hmm. He's like, that there's so much rejection. He's like, no, there's not. He's like, you do a million things every day and you're not rejected. He's like, what did he say? He said, um, you're not rejected. They just chose, like, they just chose someone else or they just mm. went a different way. Like, they, that doesn't mean they rejected you. That's great. They just did something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so great. And it was like the way, he, I, I wish I could say it the way he did, but it was just something about, it's not a rejection just because they didn't choose you. 
Right. Like you're experiencing rejection, right. but the action isn't rejection. Like you haven't been rejected. Right. You're just experiencing rejection, which is sort of your choice. Right. And it, and the thing is, is that being on the casting side is that I've seen people that, you know, I've seen actors audition that blew directors and clients away and they were this close to booking it. And then something changes. Yeah. And then that person something gets scrapped this role is no longer there it changes it's a different nationality whatever these things happen constantly so you walk out of an audition and think i i I nailed that yeah i coached uh an actor on his audition recently and tried to get him in touch with having fun and he went to this audition it was a legit audition he's like i'm like how'd it go he wrote me crushed it and i know he did it's great he crushed it he didn't book it and he was so disappointed that's the business it's not that he was rejected it's not that he didn't crush it yeah they might have gone with a different age range yep they you know what i'm saying yep. like and it just happens and also like the, it happens i i am thinking of a specific example because yeah, it, it happened to recently that somebody well i think it's okay i mean I, i'm not gonna say the name just in just in case they sure. don't want me to show this story but it happened to some that someone was in a casting office they got to second there might have been a third round of callbacks I can't remember okay. felt really connected to the part felt really connected in the room w- were was working with somebody who was already in the cast like it was a yeah they'd gotten really far. really far yeah didn't get it were totally devastated mm. and next time they were in that casting office which is meaningful that like the casting office brought them back they were like oh my god you were so close like they decided to go but and the person was sort of crushed by that, but that they were so close and didn't get it. Right, of course. But in some ways, it is a gift to know that their what they were experiencing was translating and they ended up going in a different direction. But so often, you have no idea how close yep. you were. This happened to me once too where I – it was a voiceover. I happened to know somebody that was on the casting team who I didn't even know was working on that project. So funny. And like probably months after I had done the audition, she was like, oh my God, I just heard your voice on something. We almost booked you on like whatever the thing was. And I was like, it was so, I hadn't even considered the possibility that that it had like been heard and I was close, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because we just mostly don't have that information. You never get it. You never, you never get you it. You never get it. I mean, that, and that's, so people that are, that have not been in this business or are new to it, that's protocol. Like, there's so, it go, there's so many different avenues. They have to call the agents and to, to release people and blah, 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 or just, there's no time to get, back to every actor that auditions no matter how much they adored them totally and so you just live in blindness that you have no idea what they thought of you yeah we always joke like people outside of the business are always sort of like so when are you gonna hear and you're like (laughs) I don't know maybe never I don't know I don't know I don't know (laughs) did you hear yet it's like (laughs) no I I'm checking my email every 10 seconds like what do you want me to do and you're saying it I don't need another reminder I've thought of it every second for the last Yes. And of course, it's always well intended. Of course, because they care, but they don't get it. Yeah. And you're like, well, it's not a doctor's appointment and they're not going to call me with my results. (laughs) You know, like, I don't know. (laughs) And this business is so crazy. Oh, it's so crazy. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. So how long, so when did you come to New York and how long have you been doing it? I have came to New York a thousand years ago. (laughs) Um, 
wait, really, let me think about it. In 2007? Okay. I yeah, think that's right. So a thousand years ago, I grew up upstate, but uh, then I was in Boston. Right. Then I went on tour. Then I came here. Um, so I've been here a really long time. <laughs> um, but it's changed a lot. Like, I don't, when I was first here, I was doing a lot of um, experimental theater mm-hmm. and I was doing some directing, like I was saying, and I was doing um, a lot of different kinds of projects. So it took me. A, a while to realize that I wanted to do film and TV, that I wanted to work commercially, that I wanted to um, be an actor in those in those ways, and and to believe that I could find my place in that because I think, um, yeah, it just it took a while to to realize that so I've been here a long time but the game has sort of changed it always changes it's always changing because I I mean we're always changing yeah and that's like so some people will will that have been acting for a long time they kind of take an acting class after a while and they learn because Mm. and they're like oh wow because it's we're a species like we are always evolving and changing so what we know needs to evolve how we approach things needs to evolve like our craft is our internal process yes totally so it's that's really interesting so would you say do you still do theater do you gear towards theater or what 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 stokes your fire yeah (laughs) what stokes me fire um yes I definitely still do theater I mean I have been focusing on film and television just because I felt like I needed to really put some um, focus and energy in that direction to take steps forward. Got it. Um, But I love theater and my background is in theater and I um, am happy to audition for theater. Uh, And it, you know, it is really a labor of love. It's so, the schedule is so demanding doing a show every night is so demanding um but I yeah I I I feel like my focus hasn't been there in a while but I'm not I haven't like left the theater yeah. I'm just sort of figuring out yeah. how to juggle all the different pieces yep. yeah so you've been so let's say you've been here since 2007 doing it yeah. would you say it's been a smooth journey has it been hard oh my god I don't yeah, I think it's been hard the whole time. <laughs> I don't. I was like, is there a, a gentler way to say this? But no, I mean, I feel like I have been sort of like an anxious wreck about it the whole time. I don't think there's, I mean, I would say more recently than longer ago, I've been able to kind of be like, okay, I feel like I've like got some irons and fires. I've like got some things going. and I And I think as my goals have changed, my uh how I think it's going has changed so like when I was more focused on doing downtown theater and working with really small and also awesome nonprofit theater companies when I was doing a lot of that I think had you asked me at that time I would be like I think pretty good you know (laughs) but like wasn't paying my rent doing it but felt really immersed in that scene and making projects about things that and having agency over them and working with people that I really loved and working with artists that I really admired and so I think 
I would answer that question differently at different times. But looking back overall, I would be like, it has been a treacherous (laughs) climb up Mount Everest. And I'm always trying to um, invite a different perspective in to Mm -hmm. be like, must you think of it as an uphill (laughs) climb? Might you think of it as a playful romp? Um, But that does not come naturally to me. And so like that feels like an uphill climb to like get a better (laughs) perspective on it. So the the true truth is that it has felt like a slog. (laughs) And I would, there's no other slog I would rather be doing, but there really I don't think has been a moment where I've been like wow does this feel breezy gosh do I feel well rested like that's just not been my my time I you know it's so funny because knowing you just this far yeah like I can say you're introspective and I feel like you're always trying to be better internally externally trying to figure it out yes that's that is just that is like in your dna yes always trying to improve just try to be a better robot you know (laughs) cog in the wheel i know yeah did you ever think about walking away from it or have you ever walked away from it good question i have always thought of i mean I I went through a period where I, for whatever reason, there were, a, a, I don't know exactly what was going on, but I was feeling um, incredibly anxious. And I, and I was, I think I was scared to think about what it would mean if I wasn't pursuing this. Like it really, really, really terrified me to... Yeah. And, you know, my identity is sort of wrapped up in it, which is like its own problem. But um, I was very frightened to consider that. And I did. And I was able to kind of like look at that reality and be like, is this what you want? And the answer came back, yes, you know. And the answer always seems to come back, yes. So... To stay with it. To stay with it, yes. Like, yes, I want to be in this. Yes, I want to be doing this. And I try to be diligent about checking in. And um, I try to not be freaked out that that could change. Um, And there are definitely times where I'm like, this feels so heartbreaking and so insane and so inconsistent. And I want it so bad. I feel like it's going to like eat me alive that sometimes I'm like this maybe isn't good (laughs) but like I don't know we have such a short time here I'm like I may as well try to like do what I want to do and figure out how to calm the fuck down (laughs) like I don't know I don't know but you're not like that's the thing is that you're not alone like that's you know there have been times where I wanted to walk away and it's yeah and I, I always say it just it was the it was the worst feeling it felt like it was so selfish because it feels like to stay in or to walk away to walk away yeah because it felt like i was spitting in the face of the universe oh because it was just like why do you have this passion right like it's like to me it's just like it's the way i think of it it's it's in you mm-hmm. it's 
bigger than you. Why did you have this passion? We talked about it earlier. Where yeah. did it come from? Were yeah. you born with it? Yeah. But it, it's been, it's felt like your purpose for as long as you can remember. Yeah. And so I, there's something to that. And maybe one day for me, it won't feel that way. But whenever I've thought about walking away, because it is hard. Yeah. It's not a smooth path. It's, it's that feeling of like, yeah, this can feel like hell. And I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But next right thing. Totally. That's so interesting that you say that it, you're able to kind of acknowledge and honor the fact that you have this calling, this thing that you yeah. love and that it would, I haven't thought about it like that, that it would, it would feel selfish to spit in the face of that or to not honor that. And, and you know, and I don't even know if selfish is, is the right word. It would be completely acting out of fear mm-hmm. and my own my own limitations yeah and not choosing the bigger picture yeah yeah or not choosing possibility you yeah. know being like if I focus on the fear all of these things feel impossible yeah and we 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 must not focus on the fear. <laughs> must not. We must not. We must attend to it. We must be yeah. gentle. We must listen to our fears. I feel, but we mustn't focus on them. Have you ever done the artist way? Oh yeah, I actually did it. Rec- I did it. You did. Well, it's probably like two years ago okay. now. But I had never done it. I feel like I was. I feel like I was way behind. Everybody had already done it, and for whatever reason, it came to me in just the right moment that's how it happened oh god it was so good it was so good (laughs) I love that book so much I I I never finished it did you finish all 12 well you're a good student so I did every I did it with Brian and he would like do some of it and I was like Boo. Like, we got to. I was, like, getting up so early. You set your alarm morning pages. Oh, my God. I was so serious about it. I was so serious about it. And it's like, but here's where I feel like you're so good. You'd be a perfect person (laughs) to pair up with. I've been trying to do it. And without the accountability, without, like, we talked about this earlier. Oh, I will call you and tell you to do it. You need some accountability. All right, it's on because this is happening. Because I know it will, a lot of that, and I brought that up because of fear. Yeah. And attending to that and I think a lot of that is with the writing um so if you guys don't know the artist's way one of the things she has you do and it's a 12-week kind of like unblock yourself um and it's not just for actors or but it's called the artist's way and it's just a way to be more creative and really get past your own limitations and fears and one thing she has you do is write three pages in the morning every single day of you can read the book if you want to know but read it read it it's like amazing but writing every day in the morning, three pages, um, and just it unblocks it. You under, you start to understand things that are going on inside you. Yeah. Well, inside me, I started to. For sure. For sure. I did it. Sometimes I did them and I hated it. Sometimes I was like, this is the worst, but it ended up um, feeling really valuable and worthwhile. And I learned so much. I know. I want to finish it. I want to actually finish I, it. I, Where I started, are you? How far are you? Well, I just started reading it again from oh. the actual beginning. I'm like, Oh, you're you're not gonna pick up where you left off. No. You're gonna go through. You're gonna do. The it's whole been thing. years since I since I've done it. Oh, this is the perfect time. 
time. <laughs> I wish you could see your face. It's oh amazing. Oh my God. It's the perfect time. You got to do it. It's hard. You got to do it. What if you do it? Like, what if you do it and you're like, I know that I'm going to do it 70% and you just commit to a 70% journey. See, like, that's, that's so hard. I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. So if I'm not going to win, I'm not going to play the game. Like, that's, yeah. that's my brain. Yeah, it's I really, I really relate to that. If you had just told me what I said to you, I would be like, "There's no way I'm gonna." <laughs> yeah, do you would that. just, you would just <laughs> be out of here. <laughs> that could be a punch or a. Psh. Yeah, yeah, because that but it I, just wouldn't fly. I feel like if you if you schedule it in and you like are like this is an assignment. This is a you that you know you're gonna have to make the time for it. I mean, it's basically like forty five minutes every morning, yeah. and then another I think two hours to do. Yeah. The assignment. So if you're like, if, but if you think about it of two hours a week, well, really it's like eight hours a week yeah. because you have to do seven. <laughs> We're already past it. I'm like, yeah, yeah it's not yeah. happening. Well, I don't know. I mean, if you can fit it in at a time where I you can add it. 10 hours to your week, I it's a part-time it. job. It's, and it's a priority. Honestly, yeah. it's just, it's the accountability thing. But yeah, that's, that's all. You want me to text you every day? Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is after we get off this mic, I'm going to be like, okay, so let's set a time. <laughs> I'll text you it's every accountability. Day. It's like that's my thing, and I think that that I don't know if you you're very diligent, um, but as an actor, having the schedule always change and Ugh. having my own time, yep. to create or to rehearse or to practice or to yes, it's left to my own devices. It is harder to figure that out. Oh yeah, right. I I agree. I, the the. The big thing I, that I do that I don't know if if it's just my own. Oh, I'm looking at the artist way right now. I see it. So, um, I have to like schedule it the way I would schedule with someone else. Like if I don't schedule my, but like I'm obsessed with like I have to schedule everything. That's but I'm great. I'm like I will schedule to brush my teeth. Like I yeah, will schedule yeah, it and yeah. I'm good. Yeah, but I have to schedule. Like I. I schedule office hours. I schedule work hours. Like great. just with myself. If. I work on stuff with Brian. We like schedule a meeting because I, for me, I'm like, wait, are we hanging out? Or are we working? Like, That's, what are we doing? You, I, when I, I just talked to you the other night, everything. Yeah, you guys were doing work and you were working on a project. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I, I because that's I, great. Though. I feel like it's easier to be accountable if I've carved out the time. Of course. I mean, but it's it's also there's certain things I'm really diligent about, but like. Oh, I don't know. There are certain things like certain paperwork things mm -hmm. that I will. Paper's tough. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> Paper's oh, tough. Oh, give me a tax form. I'll wait till the very end. Although I'm really trying to be better about it this year. It's hard. I hate that stuff. Like uh, when I imagine my hell, it would be like filled with papers. Filled with like papers where you read the instructions like seven times and you're like, I don't know <laughs> what is being asked of me. Like complicated, like medical form, tax forms, I, I any of that stuff. But that's for me. I've always oh, needed help God. my whole life. Oh, I hate that stuff. I, that's, but that's, so that's okay. And just to say, that's also part of why I wanted to start this podcast. Coming into acting, I knew nothing. Mm. I did not, I loved it as a kid. It was in my soul. And long story short, my mom got sick when I was very little. Life got crazy. And all I wanted to do was just be okay. So I just wanted to be popular and not be picked on. So I never acted from the after sixth grade until, until after college. I didn't study it. I studied psychology and sociology, which I was always going to be a psychologist or an actor. But 
basically the same. Right. Basically, exactly. <laughs> With some big differences. Right, exactly. <laughs> but that's like, I never knew how to do anything. And I never had anybody to help me yeah. figure things out. And that's why I thought that this would be good because everybody needs help. Yeah. And we all need to support each other. And like, this is a way for people to understand stuff that I was never taught that I had to figure out the hard way and yeah. we can make it easier for somebody to go get a glimpse of what it's like in this business or whatever. Totally. That we all go through these thought processes. Yes. We're not alone. Yes. One of my resolutions this year was to try to be clear about what I need mm. and to be okay with that and to ask and to talk about it because it's I think especially like you said you sort of orient towards a perfectionist nature mm. I think part of that personality profile is resting on the assumption that you are perfect that you will achieve perfection yeah. because then you will be perfect right and that leaves no room to ask for help or need help right. and I think there's a lot of talk about like ask for what you need but I think the for me at least the pre-beat to that mm. is like become comfortable with being a person who needs things because I think we yeah. deny like so deeply because then we have to deal with that right like you're a person who needs help with certain yeah. things like I think when you've built an identity around not being that kind of person, mm -hmm. it feels horrible to be like, I mean, like genuinely, Brian, my par partner, is yeah. so good at this kind of paperwork. Mm. I schedule a meeting with him <laughs> to be like, can you just sit next to me while I call? And I hate it. I feel disgusting and embarrassed oh, totally get that. and horrible and gross. And like, because I was a good student and like I am, you know, like, diligent and all of yeah. these things I hate be I just hate the way it feels like asking him for help feels bad and doing it Ugh. by myself feels bad yes. so it's like which feels less bad but like I don't want there to be myths around you know what I mean like I, I think there's a myth that like if you ask for help it's gonna feel so good and you're just gonna be like saved but like it all I don't know they both feel bad <laughs> but I'm trying to cultivate new skill sets That's so I'm really like good it feels bad to have you here but it feels a tiny bit less bad that's struggling <laughs> that just own. getting nowhere yeah or just feeling bad yeah. in the same way I, <laughs> to be honest I don't think we're we're meant to be alone with I think human beings I just social think, creatures yeah, yeah I just think we we all need a little support mm -hmm. like I don't know just having somebody there in harder times as much as for myself I hate to ask for it yeah it's just nice sometimes yeah it's just helpful yes Yes, ask for help when you need it. I'm gonna take that in for today. <laughs> it's, it's my little thing. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited mm. and interested in evolving to a place where I can not be such a crazy person when I ask or provide help because I think sometimes when somebody asks me, I'm so happy that they asked. I like really overdo it, <laughs> and they're like, I don't think that I need that much. Like, I get can get like a little crazed about it and like crazy follow-up and like all this shit because I'm like I want you to know that it's okay and I think people who like have less of a complex about it are like totally I mean I'm I'm good I'm fine <laughs> I'm fine 
and I want to be that's so warm. Oh though. my that's god, so, it's like nuts. compassionate. It's nuts, but it comes from such a compassionate place. Oh god, but I also don't want to have such a complex about asking and just being like. I think that I want the exchange to be like, "Hey, can I ask you for something?" Yes. Here's the thing I need, and for the person to be like lovingly able to say yes and lovingly able to say no Mm. and that our relationship will be totally fine and that we can sustain that kind of honesty where I can stop having such a complex about being like I'm so nervous I'm nervous about what they think I don't want them to think this I don't want to feel like they owe me something I don't want to feel like I owe them so and just like on and on and on and on and on until you're dead it's (laughs) it's oh god it's like the never (laughs) I get it because you like in certain ways it gets better and with certain people that I get more comfortable with or trust. Yeah. I'm always like, whenever I propose something to somebody, I'm like, so I'm going to ask you something. Totally feel free. I have to give this a like, whole speech. Like, you're totally okay to say no. Yeah. It's okay. Nothing. I'll, I'll be totally fine. I'll get it done. But yeah. It's like, I don't have to qualify. I can yeah. just ask. Yeah. Yeah. But even just the nerves of just asking, like, can you do the podcast? It's like, people are like, this is fun. And you know, totally. It's amazing. It's very fun. People should do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having a great time. <laughs> You're the best. I'm having a great time. Great. I, w- I wanted to add, I have more, I have so many questions for you. But Give it to me. So did you grow up, so you grew up upstate. Mm-hmm. Did you grow up in a house or a home where they got it? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think that there are a lot of nuances of the day-to-day or the sort of like, infrastructure of my passion for yes. like lack of a better way of putting it that I think is a little bit mysterious but I th- I feel incredibly grateful that my parents were um have always sort of been like you should do what you want to do like you should have a lot you should have the life that you want to have yeah. and I think that they have um a lot of concerns about the inconsistency and I think that they often see and hear how hard it is or what I'm struggling with and I think that that is difficult for them but on the whole they've been um I think even more they they both are have really big artist streaks like Mm. that's not really how either of them identify but they are creative by nature Mm. and um have built a really alternative, independent, like their life is sort of their art project in a mm. very beautiful way. Wow. And so I think that more than exactly what I wanted to do, I think they were like, we want you to do what you want to do. Like we want you to uncover what you want to do. Mm. And of course they can be like, um, have their own ideas about that. Mm-hmm. But I think on the whole, they've really wanted to cultivate for my sister and myself. Uh existence that is like made from our imagination you know that we that we want and it has not always been smooth but um I I feel grateful to have that because I think that some people who don't have that feel like they have to kind of go uphill with their their family or their parents so we've talked a lot about the struggles and stuff and how this path is hard what's a good moment feel like oof let me really think about that. Isn't it so fucked that the can we can curse like that? Okay. You be you. Oh god. You be you. <laughs> I was like, Ooh, that's a big 100%. one. That's a big one. Um, it's so easy to think of the hard ones. Sometimes I'm glad that you're asking to like 
think about the the beautiful moments. I think the good moments feel I mean, I think it's what probably anybody would say in any discipline, but you're you're in alignment. You're in flow. You're arrived. You're connected. And I think those moments for me feel like I am present with whatever community I'm in, whether it's like people I'm working with for a day or somebody I'm working with on a longer process and I'm communicating what I want to communicate. So I think for me, it feels like there's an equal inflow and outflow. Mm. So like what I'm receiving and what I'm delivering feel right and in balance and that's what I'm looking for I mean I think the the easiest way I guess I would say it is it's home like when you walk Mm. home and you're like I was happy to be where I was and I'm now happy to be here Mm. it's that it's interesting because I was gonna say like what did it feel like what does it feel like in your soul yeah and that's I think that that's kind of what you just said oh god the good moments are so good. <laughs> They're like home. That's a really, it's, I 100% agree. That's beautiful. Yeah. Make another t-shirt. That's <laughs> You know, if this is okay, uh, I remember you and Bri telling, telling me and John a story, and or Bri was telling us a story that he came home one day and your parents had uh, gotten rid of like all your stuff. You had to take it into your apartment, all your oh, stuff yeah. from, from growing up. And... He came home and you like, I think, were you wearing something from the box? I think it was either. Oh, probably. You were wearing, it was something on your head or something, or you had something wrapped or, oh, I think you had a boa. That sounds right. You had a boa and um, you were just looking through stuff from when you were young and acting and you were just crying. Oh, yeah. What was that about for you and what was that like? What was. Oh, God, that was so hard in such a like. And I did not anticipate how hard that would be like going through all of my stuff. I think part of it is I can be a hair hoardery. (laughs) I feel really connected to my objects. Yeah, I I I just do. So I think there was just that of like having to make choices. Mm -hmm. Another person was moving in. I had to make space for stuff. Um, So I think I was feeling very stressed about that. But I think it was also at least my his perception may be completely or his experience of it may be completely different but my um memory of that was feeling like I have so much further that I want to go I have so many things that I want to achieve and I don't feel like I'm quite there yeah and looking back and being like I've been through so much and I've worked so hard Mm. like the the journals that I've saved that I mean even things from high school you know like to call over all of that stuff and to I think what I was feeling was sort of a sense of unfulfillment like a sense of um where has that labor landed me and that's to like mistrust where I'm at which I try to stay away from but that's human oh my god I was so deep in it of just Mm. being like I I'm mourning the self that just bled out for every you know I was going through like high school assignments I was going through old pictures I was going through like I think I felt really sad for the person that had 
stayed up all night to finish that stuff that feels like now it has no consequence and I think I was also mourning the fact that it felt like it had no consequence because I was like I hurt so hard for all Mm. of this and it hasn't landed me where I want to be so truly what's the point and I don't necessarily agree with that perspective now although I still feel that way a lot (laughs) like I think that's just what I was in in the moment and I was also just like wearing things I found in boxes because they were like adorable (laughs) and I was like what am I gonna do with this baby bonnet that I had truly I found a bonnet that I was born in in a box that my parents put it and they were like well we're not gonna keep this stuff anymore now you have an apartment you should have that stuff in your apartment and I was like this logic is crazy flawed (laughs) like aren't you supposed to keep my baby bonnet forever? Forever. I like appreciate their lack of sentimentality about it, but I'm like, I know you, I'm like you. Oh my God. I know. I'm going to, I'm now in charge of throwing away my baby bonnet. <laughs> I, which I did. not it's like in a box. Yeah, like, you're supposed to have that at a shrine to me. Yes. <laughs> we don't got to save this. Sweet Brian had to like build shelves. I was like, I mean, I got to my baby bonnet. I got to find a spot for this box. But I did throw away my like AP bio binder. So that is That's a step. Success. That's a step. <laughs> I'm laughing, but I'm crying on the inside because I'm like, should I have thrown that out? Maybe there's something I need. Oh my God. You're so wonderful. If you could My stomach is growling so loud. Is it it might be mine. Is it <laughs> both of ours? Uh-uh. Can you hear it? <laughs> No, I hear mine. Mine's like churning. So if you could be gentle with yourself Mm. and like leave here today and give yourself one piece of like, hey, I'm okay. Or like some things that help me like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. Oh, right. I say that a lot. Do you? It's a good one, right? I believe it probably it like 50% of the time, but I say it a lot. <laughs> Dude, the practice of saying it is, is a big thing. Yeah. But like, what keeps you going? Or what can keep you going? Like, what's the phrase I would say to myself? Or what thought would I think? Yeah. Um, oh, God. That's such a good question. I want to make sure I I understand it fully that like what do I feel like I need to hear that would make me feel calmer? I identify with you that we could be hard on ourselves, intense, perfectionists. If you could tell yourself like as if you were telling me, telling a friend. Yeah. What would you tell yourself? Like chill the fuck out or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, that little you deserves to hear. That sounds oh, so cheesy, but it's God. so no, true. No, it's so true. It's all about, I think it's all about that. Yeah. We got to parent ourselves in uh-huh. the ways that we need to be taken care of. Yep. I would say, oh my God, I can I just do, can I do a bunch? I feel like, oh, I don't please, know that oh. there's one. No, anything that comes to okay. mind, go for it. I don't know that there's one that would like really do it, but I think I would say like, you're doing great. People like you. 
every day is different and that's okay. You don't have to just be one thing. Your vulnerability is a strength. Take a deep breath. Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. I think that's all of them. I took those in while you were saying that. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. Maybe your inner kid needs to hear them. Yeah. Look, you're just helping my inner kid. Oh, God. By helping I th- your own. I think about that a lot. I do because I think so much of what we feel crushed by is what that kid felt crushed mm. by. And I feel like being able to recontact that and be like, what does she need to hear? Yeah. Or what does he need to hear? What do they need to hear? Whatever. I th- we're just bigger versions of our little kid selves. Like oh. that's the thing. Like we've grown. But that's why when I see people acting like a-holes on the street or whatever, and you just, they're so angry. It's like, what have they been through? Like, or, yeah. or their defenses? Like, why why do they build those things? Yes. You know? And it, it comes Probably from Probably for a good reason. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so, yeah. But for today, I know my defenses no longer serve me. Yeah. They keep me stuck. Yes. So. Yes. I want to get past those. Oh, me too. Yeah. We're, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it. So you're working on a bunch of stuff. What are you working on? Give us a little taste. Yeah. And then, I'm working on a bunch of stuff. And then where can we find you and find that oh, stuff as well? Oh, great. Um, but tell us. Mo- mostly my main focus is auditioning. And great. I have some control over that, but very little control over yeah. that. So I'm spending a lot of time working on how I can cultivate more auditions, making myself available for any audition that comes my way. And um, I audition for commercials and for TV and for film and for voiceovers and for print. So it can come from a bunch of different so sources. Yep. Um, and so that's my that's my main, main focus. Yeah. But I'm also working on like my, my own little projects and some projects with other people. Um, I'm working on a writing project with Bri and I'm working on this really cool project called Second Body, which is incredibly difficult to describe over. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, visit the website, secondbody.co. Um, but the, I think the easiest way to describe it is it's basically, it's a live experience in which, okay, so let's say you and I were having a conversation. Yeah. I would be in a separate room than you, but what I'm saying would be audio fed live to somebody else who's in the room with you. So you and I are having a conversation, okay. but you're speaking to a different body. So basically, my words are coming Whoa. through somebody else's body. It's, amazing like the applications have basically been for like couples to talk about different things that they want to talk to uh, talk about we're doing on february 19th we're doing the democratic debate live streamed into our ears but we're playing the candidates so the application is also about perception and how do you can you perceive somebody differently if they're in a different body so i will be playing joe biden As as you as you should. Yeah. That sounds just right. Yeah. So it's a it's a really cool project and the company that is um putting it together is really amazing and they're they're cultivating it sort of like you would cultivate a startup versus looking at it yeah. as like a theater or um like immersive yeah. theater project. Um 
So that has been very interesting. So and like the so the so you and I are sitting across yes. from each other, but you don't know me. Yes, I'm a stranger. Yes, but the I have an earpiece. Yes, and somebody is somebody in the next room is talking into it, and I'm now relaying those words to you. Exactly. That it's is basically like having an avatar. That's like fascinating. it's a human avatar. So let's imagine that like you were trying to have a conversation with a best friend. Yeah. And maybe there was something, it could just be for fun. Yeah. Or maybe there's something tricky and something about their behavior is really frustrates yeah. you. Not seeing that and just being able to listen to the words. Fascinating. Yeah. It's so, the applications are like of what it could be or how it could work are really. Oh, that's fascinating. Interesting. How did, how did you get into this? Did you I come know, up with it? No, no, no. This is the, It's um, co-produced by this company called Sightline Theater. Okay. Um, it, and I knew them from doing theater with them a million years ago. And so they invited me in and I've been working as a second body. So like I'm the person that you don't know sitting in the room with you, which is wild to do. Oh my. And these are real people. They're not actors. You and John should come do it. Uh, We will will totally do it. Yeah. I'm going to tell, I'm going to send your, you should, you should come do it. I was going to say, how can we support you? Yeah. Can other people sign, like, so if there's anybody listening, can they? Secondbody.co, get yourself signed up. Um, Right now it is New York City based, yeah. but they're going to have satellite experiences in other oh cities. So sounds fascinating. Keep your eyes peeled. Um, and then I'm I'll, I'm spending a fair amount of time doing activism and figuring That's out how to yeah change the situation that we're in. Um, so I'm doing a lot of local organizing and just trying to work. Uh, I work with this organization called Red to Blue, which is really amazing if that's how your politics yeah, swing yeah. um which are interested in working on state races and local races feeding into the 2020 election yeah. uh to try to flip more districts and states yeah. blue um in the lead up to the 2020 election so i'm sort of working with my own team to get people plugged in to connect with the projects that they're working on and it's everything from um working on voter suppression in georgia to working with candidates in a variety of different states who are first timers that are running really amazing local elections um and some of these elections are lost by 65 people or 295 people but it all feeds up um and this year is a redistricting year so Mm. the way that uh different districts get changed and the way gerrymandering works uh, makes a really big difference in the 2020 election in the presidential election so we're working really hard to change those district lines wonderful yeah i you are so well informed and so i'm trying i'm a beginner i'm a beginner you're wonderful and you know so you're going to talk oh, to me. Oh, where to and, find me. Sorry. And also, and you're going to, you and I are going to talk more because I want to get more involved with certain things. I'll put and, you on my email list. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's on. It's on, lady. Um, well, I'm excited to talk about that because I, I recently joined Instagram and yes. I'm looking for followers. I love it. <laughs> so I love that you're on Instagram. I get like really excited. Oh my God. I'm, I'm having a good time on it. I know it has its downfall, but also yes. for organizing, it's a great tool. A hundred percent. And I think there's some really fun things on it. Yeah. I follow like all of these different like cabins. Really? Instagram posts, which I just love. I follow all these like woodworking things. Oh my god! I'm it's like so, love it. It's very yeah. Yeah. So my Instagram is at Ava Eisenson, which is my name. A V A E I S E N S O N. Follow me right up. <laughs> oh, you should. She's a fascinating one. Too. Uh, if you haven't, if you weren't able to tell already. <laughs> 
and uh, and you can find her on IMDb and oh yeah, type her in. I have a website which is my name www.avaisonson.com. Great. Email me anytime. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna get way too many emails. You're gonna be okay. like, okay, stop you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and so. As you kids know, it is now time for the big face feather in your cap. And so by feather in your cap, we mean a success, achievement, or something you've learned that may help you in the future. So every week we ask our guest, which is Ava, um, if you wouldn't mind to give our listeners a feather to put in their caps. Do you have anything that you'd be willing to share? Yeah, I, I, I'm just going to do the one that's on my mind right Please. now. That's the greatest one. I think that it's a difficult time. The backdrop of our world is, I think, pretty dark right now. So I think if you are able to really use gratitude as a launch pad I think it opens up our capacity for joy. I think it opens up our capacity for connection. And even if things are really hard, finding moments to not just say or I think sometimes I like pretend gratitude where I'm like, I'm grateful, but, you know. So is the but. Oh my God. I do that so often like fake gratitude where I'm like, I'm doing it, but I'm like mad at it. But to like really in like a peaceful way, like experience gratitude for each and every thing because I do feel like our time here is so limited and it makes such a difference to say like I am to feel, to experience each moment that we have and the things that are good about it because there are so many things and we are so lucky in so many ways. So that's what I would. I love put. how I'm like we're talking about gratitude and like and like being present. And I'm like that's a noise. <laughs> it's a process. Totally take it out. Take it out of the beauty of this moment. It's a process. Growing oh. and growing and learning and changing. That's a great feather in my cap for today, and truly like when I can take the moment and just be, which I have been with you today, it's such a joy. You're such a pleasure. Thank you so much for being you here. You too. Thanks for having me. I'm honored. I am so honored and, and so grateful you were here. Thank you. Thank you, one and only Ava Eisenson. hey Thank you guys for listening. I know you got so much out of this interview. And tune in next time. Peace, peace. <laughs>